right, a little bit of Promise Breaker with their song Fantasies, My Only Exit from their new album, Televiolence, to kick off the show. Just wanted to give a shout out to those guys and share some of their music in case you haven't listened just yet. Welcome back to the program. My name is Carl. This is the Mosh Talk Podcast. Thank you for listening. There's a lot to cover this week, so we're going to jump right into it. Lots of new tours, shows, etc., etc., Uh, The first, of course, big piece of news this week was the announcement of the Vans Warp Tour lineups, the 25th anniversary of Warp Tour. Uh, Three cities, Cleveland, Ohio, Atlantic City, New Jersey, and Mountain View, California. Uh, The latter two dates, I believe, are two dates each, that is correct. And then the Cleveland show is just one show and it seems like it's an exhibit at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So quite a bit of reaction to these uh, lineups, I guess. Uh, you know, some people some people are not very happy, especially people who bought tickets for the Cleveland show. Um, we'll do we'll do that show first because it's a little shorter um, from the get go. Fans Warp Tour was pretty open. Kevin Lyman was pretty open by saying that the Cleveland show would be a smaller lineup. But my goodness, this lineup is just downright, it's, it's, um, it's bare. I mean, uh, special performances by uh, Chally2NA and Cut Chemist. I don't know what that is. I, I don't know if that's a rapper or something. Um, or if it's two people or two bands, I don't know what that is. So can't really touch on that. And then uh, Emery, Hawthorne Heights, Simple Plan, and We the Kings. Now, I don't want to disrespect any of those bands because people like those bands. And um, I'm a fan of older Hawthorne Heights. I'm a fan of Emery. Simple Plan and We the Kings never really were my thing. But, you know, I think it's beside the point. Uh, when people were paying, I don't know how much for the tickets. I, I don't know if these are 50 bucks or a hundred bucks or whatever, but to get five bands and have them be these five artists that seem like they would be kind of middle tier warp tour artists in a regular year, you know, if this was the regular tour and these were five random bands on the lineup, fine, whatever, but to have these be the only five bands playing is a dreadful minimum, I mean, it's just uh, not really a not really a great thing for uh, Kevin Lyman or Warped Tour, these are some pretty weak artists. Getting into the Atlantic City and Mountain View dates, uh, two dates apiece, the Atlantic City one is on the beach, this was the one that I was thinking about going to, uh, didn't buy the early bird tickets because I wanted to see the lineup first and I'm kind of glad I didn't buy tickets, um, for 100 bucks for both days, I guess it's not the worst bang for your buck if you're into most of these bands, but just looking over the lineup, I mean, 90% of these bands would, again, be mid you know, mid-tier bands on a regular lineup. A lot of these bands had played Warp Tour several times in the last few years, so it seems like Kevin Lyman was just drawing from the same bag. Um, you, you know, there's a couple artists on here that are interesting to see. You know, A Day to Remember, Andrew WK, Blink-182, Circus Survive, um, Glassjaw, that's pretty cool, uh, Man Overboard's playing, The Offspring, 
um, Valencia. There, there's a couple couple artists on here that, you know, pretty interesting to see, but some of these other ones, like, <laughs> I mean, Andy Black, really? <laughs> like, um, Bowling for Soup, again. Uh, uh, Gym Class Heroes, Good Charlotte. Uh, didn't know they were still relevant. Um, I want nothing to do with Memphis Mayfire. I can't believe they're they're playing this this show. I don't know if they're on the California one. I, I don't have it in front of me just yet, but... Um, yeah, set it off, uh, you know, Plague Vendor feels like they've been on the past, like, 13 Warp Tours in a row, Simple Plans playing this one, too, uh, the band Stacked Like Pancakes, otherwise known as Ska 21 Pilots, um, I just, you know, looking at this lineup, the more I look at it, yeah, there's a few bands, you know, that I didn't mention originally that are pretty cool, Set Your Goals and Thrice, um, but some of these other bands just, uh, it says plus more TBA at the bottom, but I really don't know if I could justify paying $100 for two shows to see maybe 10 bands across two days. Just, you know, it's again, it's not the worst bang for your buck, but it's just not for me. Uh, the California lineup is a little better, I suppose, but... I mean, again, some of these, like, washed-up bands that I can't even imagine why they would be on here. Like, All-American Rejects is playing. Um, who else? Like, Simple Plans on this show, again. Uh, Some 41. You know, We the Kings of the Used. Some of these bands are just a little past their uh past their time uh confide is playing this show that's pretty cool dance gavin dance silent planet august burns red the california show is a little better just looking at this from um you know glossing over it silverstein's playing uh jawbreaker that's pretty cool but still some of these bands like you know gym class heroes again good charlotte again andy black again like it just seems like there's a handful of artists that were chosen and the rest were just kind of, you know, hastily thrown on afterwards. So um, those are my thoughts on the Warp Tour lineups, the, you know, I guess five shows, June 8th in Cleveland, uh, June 29th and June 30th in Atlantic City and July 20th and July 21st in Mountain View, California. Um I've seen quite a bit of people who aren't really happy about these lineups, uh, specifically because they paid the advance prices and were expecting to see maybe a little bit more. I will say, though, as just an aside, uh, the California show does have quite a few bands that uh, were kind of old school Warp Tour, you know, No Effects, uh, Lagwagon, you know. Uh, set your goals again just a couple like the older punk bands the older ska bands that's pretty cool to see so um i'm not incredibly interested but you know if that's your thing if that's what you want to do cool if you're upset about it also cool i can understand both sides of the coin it's not the worst value for your money uh the way way more interesting piece of news um in terms of a handful of shows that came out this week, Have Heart is reuniting for four shows in July. Uh, July 5th in Worcester, Massachusetts at the Palladium. July 12th in Los Angeles at Sound and Fury Fest, which if you bought tickets to that festival before this came out, oh my goodness, you got lucky. Um, 
July 20th in Cologne, Germany, and July 21st in Leeds, United Kingdom. Some pretty decent bands supporting. Um, Abuse of Power is on three. I don't know if they're playing Sound and Fury, but they're on the individual shows. Um, so cool for Abuse of Power. Uh, One Step Closer is playing the Worcester show. Just some, you know, decent um, little lineups to go along with these Four reunion shows that all sold out very quickly. The band did come out and say that more tickets would be announced. Um, they also said that a portion of the proceeds from these shows will be donated to the New Bedford Women's Center. Very cool there. Um, but they did make it clear that these four shows will probably be their last shows. Uh, you know, ten years after they called it quits, they're coming back doing these shows. Obviously, there was a huge demand. People have been missing Have Heart quite a bit since they broke up ten years ago. So very cool to see Have Heart reuniting. Unfortunately, I, I could not get tickets. And uh, I guess I'm not bummed out about it because, you know, I like Have Heart. I've enjoyed their music, but I don't think I could justify buying a ticket taking that opportunity away from someone who genuinely loves the band a lot and has missed them for 10 years while I haven't, um, and then flying out somewhere that I don't, <laughs> I don't feel like doing all that. Uh, another reunion show that sold out this week that I did not get tickets to was the Ghost Insides reunion show. They sold out the Shrine in LA in like a few minutes. I don't know how many specifically, but... They sold out, and the band has come out and said, you know, don't buy uh, resale tickets. We're working on it. We're going to try to get more tickets added for this event. And the Shrine is a huge venue. I can't remember what the cap is. Let me just do a quick little Google here while I talk. Um, but it's a pretty big venue. Looks like it's 6,300, and it's sold out in a matter of minutes. So that's pretty cool. The band's going to try to get a few more tickets added. They did say that this is their only show, so they're going to have to kind of finagle this a little bit. But the tickets sold out super quickly. I didn't get a ticket. Um, I'm a little bummed about it because I would have loved to go, but it's on the other side of the country. So um, I... I have never traveled that far for just one show before, and again, you know, a lot of people are more willing to do that than I am, so good on those people that got tickets. Definitely don't buy scalped tickets. Um, the band are going to try to do what they can to make sure that uh, ticket prices don't get gouged for this event, which is good. It's really good to see how they've been handling this since because they, I, I guess they were kind of blown away by the reaction. I can't imagine why. Um, a lot of people have been saying that the second they announced that show, tickets would be uh, snatched up and they were. So very cool for the guys in the Ghost Inside. Best of luck to them when they play that show in just four months. Uh, the next big show news this week was the rumored... Did I talk about this last week? I feel like I talked about this last week. Hold on, let me just make sure because I feel like I might have talked about the rumor. I don't know if I talked about the actual announcement. Oh, I didn't. That's good. I'm just going crazy then. Uh, this rumored and then subsequently announced tour, A Day to Remember with Knocked Loose and Boston Manor. Um, this tour, when it was rumored, had a lot of people scratching their heads because it kind of seemed like a weird amalgam of bands. But honestly, this tour is a banger, completely uh, surprising to see these bands touring together, but, you know, a great lineup nonetheless. Uh, it is not coming to Philadelphia 
uh, or Baltimore or anywhere within a few hundred miles of me. So uh, I'll have to miss it, unfortunately, but kicks off May 31st in Peoria, Illinois, and then runs all throughout June um, until June 28th in Providence, Rhode Island. A few of these dates are ADTR only, a few are knocked loose only. Um, or no knocked loose rather, um, but they're hitting some fairly decent markets, some mid-sized markets here: uh, Oklahoma City, New Orleans, uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, Richmond, Virginia. Cool to see that they're going to Portland, Maine. That's um, you know I, I've been there, and there's a, a nice little venue there uh, that not a lot of tours go through, mostly on the you know smaller market tours. But very cool to see that lineup. Um, a day to remember is very famous for bringing bands on tour with them that don't necessarily fit the exact bill. Um, Boston Manor is another great band. I wouldn't call them a pop punk band. They're more like an alternative rock band, but I loved their album that came out last year. So very cool for all involved. Very excited to hear about that ADTR, Knocked Loose, and Boston Manor tour. This piece of news just came out um, last night, or yesterday afternoon, rather. Uh, Kane Hill has been added to the fall tour or sorry rather the spring tour with silar varials and ground culture um i've never heard of ground culture so i can't speak to them or at least i've never listened to them but varials is the only band on this build that i like so i won't be catching this show um i'm not really a fan of silar or cane hill at all i know a lot of people that like them and i'm very excited for the people that were hoping for this tour and uh, yeah, it's pretty cool to see this lineup. It's very cool to see Varials taking off. I've seen, I've been seeing those guys for a long time. This is a pretty lengthy tour. I'm trying to look a little closer at these dates and try to see how long it runs. Looks like it's uh, April 18th all the way until June 1st. So um, a month and a half long tour for these guys. So a pretty hefty um, group of dates but some major markets here philly brooklyn houston dallas all these big cities chicago uh so cool for those guys to go out on tour catch that one if you're interested if it comes to your city um so that's all the tour news that i have this week now i'm going to start getting into the new albums new singles and the reviews oh shucks actually i do have one more piece of tour news it's a little mini spring run uh that wage war announced they're going out with Kublai Khan and a band called Savage Hands that I haven't heard of, but a um, couple dates here just in uh, April and May. Looks like at the end of April through May 17th, hitting some uh, southeast and northeast markets, um, you know, Texas, Maryland, Florida, New York, New Jersey. So a little mini tour for Wage War, Kublai Khan, and Savage Hands. Very cool for those guys. So that is my last piece of show news. And now we're going to get into the new music news, the new album announcement news. Uh, the first of which was this new After the Burial song that I'm going to review a little later on called Behold the Crown, coupled with the announcement of their new album Evergreen, which is due out April 18th. Um, you know, I read a little bit about the uh, band's, you know, thoughts on this album. They say that they think they found their sound on this LP. Uh, that remains to be seen, obviously, because it hasn't come out yet, but very excited um, to hear this. I've been a pretty big fan of After the Burial. Um, I didn't, truth be told, I didn't really start listening to them until their guitarist passed away a couple years ago, uh, Justin Lowe, but 
I had heard A Wolf Amongst Ravens because of the Gent Stick video, and then I dove headfirst in after that very unfortunate news and became a fan. Uh, the new album is called Evergreen, due out April 18th. The album art is pretty minimalist, got some trees and some landscapes and some fog. Very dark-looking album, so I don't know if the cover is going to be reflective of the sound, but I will talk about that lead single, Behold the Crown a little later on. Uh, so that's the new record from After the Burial. And uh, just some brief mentions of the other new singles that I'm going to be reviewing. Periphery put out a new single called Garden in the Bones. I'll be reviewing that one later. And the band I Prevail, which I touched on them announcing that new album and uh, kind of their um, social media antics, trying to get people to share it a hundred thousand times, share the album announcement, and they'll release new singles. I don't think it quite got there, but they put out two new singles, so I'll be reviewing those a little later on, which actually will be now. Um, you know, I'm yeah, I'm gonna do the singles. I have four or five singles that I'm going to review, and then I'm going to do the only album review of the week, which is the new While She Sleeps album, So What? And the singles I'll be reviewing will be, as I said, Periphery, Garden, and the Bones, I Prevail's two new singles, Breaking Down and Bow Down, After the Burial's new song, Behold the Crown, and then I am totally late on this one. I know it came out two weeks ago. Um, sorry. The new Spirit Box song, Belkara, I believe is how it's pronounced. Um, so I'm going to get into those five singles and then the While She Sleeps review. Uh, I did want to review the new Demon Hunter albums, uh, War and Peace, but unfortunately I just kind of ran out of time and couldn't really get my thoughts all together before the recording began for this episode. So we're going to jump right in and we're going to start with the new After the Burial song, Behold the Crown. Uh, this song is heavy. The music video is funny. Uh, the vocals sound great. The mix sounds great. And that leads me to my overarching thought from the entire song, which is, Oh my god, these pinch harmonics are so annoying. Uh, there's like a thousand of them, and they're super prominent in the intro and outro riffs. Um, I love pinch harmonics, so it's not a problem with that. It's just when there's 30 of them in a row, and they go on and on and on and on. Um, not really a huge fan. It's kind of annoying. It's kind of um, unjustifiable to me to have that many freaking pinch harmonics in a row. Uh, I wrote here in my note, I never want to hear another pinch harmonic again. Uh, yeah, so I don't know how they listened back to the song and didn't think that the excessive use of pinch harmonics wasn't super annoying, but it is. Uh, again, the vocals sound great. The guitar solo in the song sounds great. The guitar work is mostly good. You know, it's, it's after the burial. Of course, it's going to be great guitar work, but those pinch harmonics just way too many for my liking. Um, so those are my thoughts on the new After the Burial song, Behold the Crown. It's a good song. I like it. Can't wait to hear more. But uh, the pinch harmonics just drive me nuts. Um, that leads me to the new Periphery song, Garden in the Bones. Uh, I heaped praises on the first Periphery single from their new album, Hail Stan. Uh, that song was called Blood Eagle. This song, I don't think I can say the same. It's six minutes long, very slow, very progressive, 
kind of like progressive in the sense that it's very slow and it builds very slowly uh the last like 30 ish seconds have some decent riffing and breakdowns um but this is a really boring song i mean just not much going on for the first five and a half minutes it's a rare miss they usually have you know they usually have some slower songs on their albums. They usually have some songs that build slowly, but this one unfortunately doesn't really build to anything at all. It's just kind of there the whole time and then it's gone. So a rare miss for Periphery. Unfortunately, um, I had a friend who described the song as progressive three days grace, which kind of is a little accurate. You know, it's just kind of a slow kind of rock song it's whatever it's there and then it's gone um so those are my thoughts on the new periphery song unfortunately not that great and especially not good at all compared to blood eagle uh moving on though is the new song from spirit box belcara if you're unfamiliar with this band uh the vocalist is courtney laplante who was the vocalist in i wrestled a bear once when they uh, did their last two albums, I believe. She was on two albums with them, um, Late for Nothing and uh, Hail Mary. And then they're currently on hiatus, but I think they're done. Their guitar player, whose name is slipping my mind, was also in I Wrestled a Bear once, and he's married to Courtney LaPlante. Um, and they, when the band went on hiatus, formed this new band. I'm trying really hard to talk and type and read at the same time. Um... Let me just look here. Mike Stringer was their guitar player, their rhythm guitar player, and I wrestled a bear once. He's married to Courtney LaPlante, and they're in Spirit Box together now. Um, you know, seems like Iwabo's done, but Spirit Box is... I guess kind of the spiritual successor to that last Iwabo album, which was a bit more mature, a bit more serious. And this track freaking slaps, by the way, this new Spirit Box song. I liked their EP slash LP that came out uh, two years ago, which was self-titled. This track is great. Courtney's vocals are insane. They have matured so much since uh, her Iwabo days. The instrumentation is ridiculous. The mix is fantastic. You know, this is a very creepy kind of eerie song, and there's these pings that just kind of show up here and there in the mix. It's a very haunted sounding song. Um, the parts where Courtney is screaming, they're very um, prominent. The mix is very strong and in your face, and then when she starts singing, the mix kind of becomes a little more reserved. It focuses on her vocals, and then the bass while she's singing is very thick there's a nice groove there's you know this very eerie spirit-like element going on in these sung sections and it just the dynamic is fantastic there i think they did an absolutely great job with this song from the mix perspective from the instrumentation perspective it's a really great song excited to hear more from spirit box now we're going to get into the last two singles before I do uh, the While She Sleeps album review. And of course, it's I Prevail. Um, I made it pretty clear when I talked about their album announcement that I'm not really a fan of this band. So kind of take that into consideration when I talk about these two songs. Um, they released these two new singles, Breaking Down and Bow Down. Um, I heard bow down first because i saw a lot of people tweeting about how this was their greatest song yet it was so heavy it was so 
unbelievably uncharacteristic for I Prevail to release this heavy song. It just totally, I saw somebody say it was heavier than the new Wage War song. I was like, I, you know, it piqued my interest. So um, I checked it out and I will say it's heavy. It's pretty good. Uh, as far as how I would compare it to other metalcore songs that I consider heavy, it's not really up to that level. It's heavier than everything I Prevail has done to this point. Um, by their standard, it's a great track. It's a really great step forward for them. But compared to, you know, other metalcore bands that I like, this, you know, it's pretty run-of-the-mill. It's pretty decent. It almost feels like they were trying too hard to write a song that was kind of up to par with the, you know, wage wars and the, you know, I don't even know, like, <laughs> I don't even know because I don't want to say knocked loose, obviously, because that's not, but like the wage wars and the, I guess the silent planets and, you know, those heavier bands that can write those powerful big riffs. Um, it seems like they were trying too hard to kind of emulate that style. Um, the chorus I wrote, sounds like it was inspired by the Tarzan soundtrack. It does sound very Phil Collins-y, which, uh, you know, it's a, it's a good chorus. Uh, the Tarzan soundtrack is great, but, you know, it's just kind of cheesy and predictable and, you know, whatever. Um, the breakdown towards the end of the song is really cool. Uh, yeah, this track is, you know, it's good. It's decent. Is it is it as heavy as everyone seems to think it is? No. Is it as good as everyone seems to think it is? No. Um, it's surprising to hear this band go this heavy, but compared to like, if I, if Wage War released this song, I'd be like, yeah, whatever. You know, it's, it's decent. Um, not much to write home about. As for this other track, Breaking Down, uh, no, just more kind of hip hop, pop-inspired metalcore, the riffs are weak, the chorus is weak, it's not really memorable, it's kind of trademark I Prevail where it's very uninteresting and uninspired and just kind of, you know, limping to the barn writing a song that is as accessible to people who have never listened to metalcore as possible while still kind of retaining that metalcore element. So, you know, pretty run-of-the-mill, I prevail stuff. Um, I will say, you know, Bow Down is a good track. You know, I don't want to not give them credit where credit's due, but let's not get ahead of ourselves and say that it's like the best song of the year, the heaviest song of the year, because it's not, and the album probably won't be great. But we'll wait for it to come out. We won't make any assumptions. We'll kind of let it... Uh, let it simmer, and then talk about it when the full album comes out. Uh, lastly, but not leastly, is this new While She Sleeps album. And I do want to give kind of a preface before I get into this. Um, I've listened to While She Sleeps. I listened to their last album. Um, I'm not really a huge fan of them. I've always found them pretty... Um, I don't want to say boring, but I've always found them pretty, you know uninteresting. I've never really understood the hype around them. I've been a fan of them, you know, when they've gone heavier in the past. Um, but that's kind of rare for them. Uh, this new album is no exception. Um, 
I again, I can't really draw much from their previous material because I've only listened to a smattering of it. So I'm only listening to this album from the perspective of this album. You know, I'm not really drawing much from their old stuff. So I don't know if this album is kind of more in line with their older stuff or if it's a different kind of thing. I couldn't say. I, You know, I've, I've listened to their old stuff, but I can't say, oh, this track from this album, this So What is... I'm going based off of everything that I heard, and I'm only talking about what I heard. I'm not comparing it to anything else. Um, this album is, you know, I don't want to say bad, because it's not. It's not bad, but it's boring. It's predictable. It's repetitive. It's, you know, my note here, I wrote every single song is 90% chorus, 10% interesting and or other miscellaneous bits. I have no desire to re-listen to this album or any of the individual tracks ever again. Um, it's more of a metal album than a metalcore album, but I, you know, I can't, I can't for the life of me understand why people seem to think that this band is metalcore. Sure, they have some breakdowns and they have some of those riffs that are very metalcore, you know, textbook stuff, but. Uh, this is mostly like an arena metal kind of, you know, just it's bland. It's very bland. You know, there, most of these songs don't really have anything that stood out to me. You know, there's a couple songs where there was a cool riff or a cool little break in the instrumentation and there was like a nice little electronic part. Um, some of the choruses stood out a little more than the others, but every single one of these songs, it was just like a waiting game until the chorus showed up and the choruses mostly sound alike and the choruses show up again and then the song's over. You know, this song or this album rather is like 48 minutes long, I think. Um, I'm just trying to make sure I get that right, but it's like 11 songs, 48 minutes. Yeah. And all of these songs, except for one, are over four minutes in length, and nothing of note is happening. And I know I'm in the minority here. I know I'm going to get some hate for this, um, because a lot of people love this band. I just don't get it. I don't, you know, I'm waiting on a lot of these songs for, like, a cool riff to punch me in the face, and more times than not, that doesn't happen. Um, it just nothing really to write home about here, you know, from the intro song, Antisocial, which builds a little slowly, and then it gets into this kind of repetitive riff. I wrote that it sounds like something you'd hear on, like, a racing video game, or like a demolition derby video game. It's very run-of-the-mill, arena rock, arena metal. This band kind of sounds like, you know, you'd hear them opening for, like, Five Finger Death Punch, or, um, you know, any one of those faceless, generic you know, arena rock, arena metal bands. Um, even when the songs are a little better, you know, it starts to get into this little section where I thought, oh, it's going to start picking up, you know, starting with the songs uh, So What and The Guilty Party. I was like, these songs are a little better. They're a little more up-tempo. Um, there's some kind of more complex instrumentation going on. Uh, the riffs are a little more complex. And then it just kind of falls apart, you know, I get really interested in So What and The Guilty Party, and then the song Haunt Me comes around, and it just sounds like a song that was built around a chorus, you know, they're not really jumping headfirst into the metalcore section, they're just kind of giving these little tastes of metalcore riffs here and there, 
but they're never really just they're sticking to a formula most of the time and then it gets into the song elephant which is a little better a little more interesting the riffs are pretty cool um but it's again a mediocre track and then it gets into the song set you free which sounds like a metal cover of a neck deep song boring the riff at the end is kind of cool but mostly boring um the song good grief which is appropriately titled because Again, kind of boring, radio-friendly chorus, the instrumentation, you know, a little better, but just, it's a mess. It's a jumbled mess of ideas. Uh, the structures are weird. You know, it's mostly verse, chorus, verse, chorus, and then, you know, an outro riff, and then it's over. Um, the song Back of My Mind is a little better, a little more up-tempo, um, the rapping, the rap-inspired, you know, delivery on some of these verses that are very intermittent throughout the record doesn't work. The rapping isn't, you know, at least it's at least it's a, a deviation from the formula, so I'll give them that credit. Um, the riff and the breakdown at the end of Back of My Mind was pretty cool, but 10 tracks in for me to say that the riff and the breakdown at the end of the song is the coolest thing I've heard on this album so far 10 tracks in that's alarming um the closing track is yeah nothing really worth writing home about boring five and a half minutes of nothing it's just all kind of i'm not gonna say it was a painful listen i'm not gonna say that you know i hated this album every second it's just like i was waiting for something bigger to happen i was waiting for the band to kind of take that next step and either give me a punishingly heavy you know breakdown or riff or at least do something different that i didn't hear on the last five six seven eight tracks you know the it's just so boring you know i my favorite songs i guess if i had to pick a couple so what was probably the best song on the album um back of my mind was okay elephant was okay the guilty party was okay everything else was just kind of like whatever like take it or leave it you know i i just don't feel any attachment to this album whatsoever like i said i don't feel any interest in listening to it ever again I know a lot of people are going to disagree. I know a lot of people are going to get after me because this band kind of has like a, you know, good for them. They have a dedicated following, but I don't get it. It's not for me. It's not my cup of tea. Most of what I've heard from this band in the past isn't really my cup of tea. That's why when I say, you know, I'm not comparing this to their older stuff, it's because their older stuff also didn't really leave much of an impression on me so those are my thoughts on the new while she sleeps record so what as well as some new singles that came out this week and just going over the big tour and uh show and album news of the week join me next week where we'll uh keep doing more of the same talking about the new music news and album reviews and whatnot i don't think there's anything uh that i'm expecting on the ledger as far as albums go so maybe i'll do something a little different and review like a classic album or something just to kind of keep up with the the time limit um so that's all for this week thank you for listening uh the intro and outro music is provided by promise breaker so i'll have all the links in the description if you want to check them out thank you for listening share with your friends like and subscribe on the youtube channel if you haven't already uh just look up mosh life and i'm there uh so thank you for listening thank you for watching the youtube videos if you do so i will see you next week farewell 